Welcome, everybody. This is Common Ground. My name is Mirage. And I am Sydney. It's really nice to be with you today. It is um, end of November, early December, and the holidays are on a lot of our minds, no matter what you celebrate. There is typically um, a lot of time together, which is amazing, and gift buying, which can be confusing <laughs> and amazing. You know, if you're if you're the language of giving gifts, it's a great time. Um, but what we want to dive into today is the idea of how to reclaim the holidays for like what they truly are to you. And that we're going to discover that we're going to talk about values that money can't buy and how to like really be together. Um, and I think one thing that we wanted to dive into is kind of the idea of how we got to be having this conversation um, is we kind of grew up in a in an America where we were thought of as consumers. Um, and this is something that happened since the 50s, really, at the end of the World War Two, where um, you know, we came back, we were rebounding from the Great Depression. There were many jobs for people, higher wages, growing families, and Americans were ready to spend and our economy like jumped onto this. Um, we were taught that spending was how to be a patriotic citizen starting in the 50s. And um, when having like the newest, coolest thing was what made you American. So like fast forward to 2023, and the reason we want to have this conversation is because this is still very relevant to today. And sometimes when, um, you know, like a new awareness comes in, like even if it's through a yoga practice or through just being more aware and you're noticing a purchase pattern that doesn't really fit <laughs> or seeing how maybe like, okay, my family's obsessed with only gifts during the holidays and I don't know how to like reclaim this this day for joy. How did we get here? And I think this is why we want to have this conversation about consumption. And um, when you are having an awareness, what I meant to say is when you have an awareness like this, it can feel very individualistic of like, there's something wrong with me or even my direct family, like my mom, all she likes to do is buy things for people to get love or whatever. I'm making that up, mama. That is not you. <laughs> um, just saying that. Um, I know she listens sometimes, but just, you know, you can feel like it's a very individual or very like a, a negative thing that maybe happens in your family, forgetting that this is how we were groomed. Mm. So this is um, another reason why we're having this conversation. Um the consumerist mentality again like came from the it's not very old in our like our human uh lifespan this consumeristic way of looking at the world is very new so we can learn pretty quickly to revert back from it at least i think so um but we like from the 50s on we learned how to um like define the good life with having things right like working class people could buy things and achieve upward mobility right so it became like buying things for status buying things for fulfillment of um like i said status of a way of looking out to the world um like that's where like the keeping up with the joneses line comes in right so we 
can feel like an anxiety of pressure to keep up with like a perceived social status. And this is the, like that feeling that can arise in us sometimes. And, you know, it is so true for me personally, when I see like a trend on Instagram that I'm not following and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, to fit in, I need to now wear skirts with boots, you know, like (laughs) whatever it is. This is, I feel still super relevant and worth having a conversation because I like the antidote to all of this pressure and of like actual fulfillment are practices of awareness, such as like yoga and things like we culturally learned that things help us establish our identity. So what actually helps us establish a true like self identity, right? Usually. Mm -hmm like yoga (laughs) and our practices or, um, you know, being aware. And so it's very interesting too. And one more point before um, we like move on to the, the yoga part is how the word consumer, even in and of itself is a huge issue because it is so dehumanizing, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there was um, a teacher, like a a professor, I should say, named Stephen Moore, who said it disrespectfully reduces the marvelous complexity of every human to merely a cog in the economic machine. Yeah. Right. And I think that like to some degree, we can feel that, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, it doesn't feel good. And so with awareness, these are the things that can start to bubble up of like, this doesn't feel right, but I don't yet know how to act in a different way (laughs) or like, yeah, you know, something you just said kind of like pinged something in my brain. Um, you said something in us doesn't feel right when we do it. And you know, what's funny is, um, just when, if you ever have read any studies about people who have depression or anxiety, they're number three, um, Number one is drinking. I can't remember what number two is. Number three is that impulse connection of buying stuff, Mm. right? So think about it. You're depressed or you have anxiety. So you don't feel good. Then you're consuming, I don't know, whether it's watching QVC, okay, right? Because this is something that started how long ago? So it's like, okay, you could watch QVC or you're listening to the radio or you're on social media. So think about all those three different like generations of things. Then mm-hmm. you have that quick hit of dopamine, but it it's the the quickest hit because as soon as you buy it, I mean, the whole other conversation is buyer's remorse. Which yes. is a lot of people who have depression when they buy something, then they receive it by the time they receive it the buyer's remorse has already passed and now they're just left with something. Right. So yeah. it's a vicious cycle yeah. that goes yeah. through, not even, I think, unfortunately, not even just around the holidays, but it's so prevalent, which is what we're kind of saying around the holidays because of the ads and the people that we're talking to and the you know spaces that we might be in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by this, do that, you know, rather than like, dedicate a little bit of time and energy to your loved ones. And maybe that could go tenfold that, you know, whatever you were going to get. It's very, very prevalent now, but there's 
the rest of our lives where, you know, the dopamine hit of buying something comes and goes. (laughs) So whoever made up the term retail therapy, right? (laughs) Where, yeah, it feels good for a millisecond. But then the question becomes, what is actually satisfying? Right. That, (laughs) and that conversation is so many different things. I think depending on who you talk to, it's so, um, I think difficult when you don't even know the concept of money, maybe, because then when you have money, it's like, well, let's just buy things for people. Or I don't know if you've ever heard anyone or if anyone's ever said this to you, said, um, like, I don't know how to show people I love them. So I just buy them things. Right. I've heard that. Yes. Different avenues in my life. And it's very, very interesting because I'm like, well, if I sit back and think about it, I'm like, well, no, I, I could have just like, you know, hung out with you for a little bit. Like that's love. You didn't have to get me something, mm. you know? Right. Like I didn't know what my love language was. So I just decided to buy you something. That is so interesting. Cause it breaks it down a little further in a way that I think is helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. So like there's the idea of purchasing in general, right? Like personally for yourself, just purchasing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there is a language of gifting. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to acknowledge that that's how some people show their love. Like you said, Mirage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gifting. So if we're talking about the language of gifting, that's what you do to think beyond, you know, things, right? There's so many different things we can gift. Mm-hmm. Time. Energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uninterrupted hour without phones like right. how much of a gift would that be right exactly. um so yeah there's like definitely so many different dynamics here too that i want to acknowledge and i don't want to like diminish or demean giving right, yeah, right. Giving. um or even gift giving if that's what you do and if it's a thing that's like super meaningful or relevant or whatever, then yes, like give the gift, right? I think what we're talking about here is like getting a gift just to fill a box. Right. And for people that don't know, like Sydney and I are two very, very different people. And (laughs) I feel like Leanna is like a good mesh of the both of us. So it's really sad that she's not here today, but I I like acknowledge that like we grew up differently. We have different outlooks on life. Like we couldn't be more different in that way of buying things and conserving. So I don't want it to come off like a holier than thou conversation. Like we are not asking you to purchase. Like, no, I probably have three things in my Amazon cart right now. Like I am a human (laughs) being and I am just like, you know, putting it out there that this is just a conversation to say that there is something to be said for all the stuff that Sydney mentioned prior. Like, this isn't something new. This isn't something that we can just blame on social media because it's been around for so long. Like, sure, now is the algorithm and the like metaverse made to make us addicted to these types of things and want to keep scrolling for consumer aspects. Yes, yeah. because if it wasn't, you wouldn't have an ad on your Instagram randomly. Like right. if you're following 10 people, let's just say they're all your friends or family. Why are you getting an ad? That's my question. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. That to happen. It's not like, you know, it's, it hasn't been around. We're very familiar with it. And also acknowledging that like you do pay for services, right? You pay for your yoga class, you pay for meditation. I think it's the energy that we're talking about. What, what goes beyond that aspect of buying someone something just to buy them something and say, you got a gift. Mm -hmm. Right. And also just reclaiming like the humanity behind with like even companies of like, we're human beings in this world. And I think that that is really important in 2023, like to remember that we are more than a purchase. We are more than our data. We are more than whatever. (laughs) And because even, you know, okay. As a business owner from a business standpoint, sorry, my dog has a scrunchie and is throwing it all over the room. (laughs) Um, Like it's such a, when you think of, humans as consumers it is such a myopic small view that does a disservice to literally everybody even as a business owner when you think of like the human life and think of it as a point of purchase only right or like how they use a product only instead of like giving and thinking about humans as like motivational beings that are aspiring to change the world and that like when you think of um humans as consumers as like only a purchasing something you completely limit any sort of aspiration or mm-hmm. like motivation to change a service or right. change a product for the better like to actually drive innovation so as a business owner too like this is so relevant to all of us where we're not just our purchases we're not just our data like there is like the spirit of reconnection and reclamation that needs to be present like now in this world that we're living in Mm -hmm. because it's not like that's going to get any better unless individuals individual humans like stand up for themselves right you know so it's like planting that seed of like okay we're more than data like maybe pay a little more attention to what you're purchasing who you're supporting uh, checking that like you can keep all of my stuff box. (laughs) Like we need like yoga is how to like be in the world in a true authentic way. And in a way that's helpful and like beneficial. These are the themes that we're dealing with now. Right. (laughs) And it's like, okay. I think the practices also enhance the way that you want to consume but also how you share consuming, right? So like, for instance, casual conversations over, you know, two friends could be, oh my God, look at this thing that I just bought or look at X, Y, Z. Whereas I think if, if you tap into like the practices, maybe you're sharing more of what's within rather than what's on the outside, right? So like I'm sharing with you, maybe uh, something a little bit more intimate rather than just telling you about the surface level of something I just bought. I think it deepens your connection with one another. If you have even just the slightest bit of a practice, I mean, going to your like, you know, regular yoga class, that is something to talk about. That is something to share. But I think because people do it so often, they don't think, oh, I can share about it or, you know, it doesn't matter to share about it. I'm like, that might be a little bit more important to talk about with someone who might need it. 
Right. And it then allows for a depth of connection that we're actually craving, which is what is satisfying, not purchasing something. So that's another reason to share it. It's like this cycle that it can be like self-fulfilling both ways, right? Mm -hmm. By like retail therapy, by buyer's remorse, feeds into retail therapy, by buyer's remorse, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like we're aiming to be in a different cycle. Yes. Of like, okay, like actual connection leads to better conversations, leads to deeper relationships, leads to better, you know? So it's like, how do we change the cycles that we're in? So sorry. <laughs> she is done with that scrunchie. I know. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, no, yeah, that's, uh, and I do, um, just to get back to like the conversation of how this ties in with yoga, is that it is, I think, for us, a way to reflect. Um, and, you know, we there's so many ways to say, like, you can pause before you buy. Yes, that's that can happen. But but like Sydney said, I think what's even more important is looking at where you're buying things. So if you are buying, where is that coming from? Who is that supporting? Because is it Amazon? Because that's not supporting anyone, right? Like it really isn't. But if you're looking at your local consumer or like a mom and pop, then you can see the fruits of what you're purchasing in your community in in there. You know, I just think it's so like it's such a different sensation when you purchase it local. Right. And you're supporting families in your community. Yeah. Directly mm-hmm. when buying local. Right. And there are so many different solutions and behaviors that we can like, like look at too, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, okay. So if you reconnect with the idea of being human, like we were just talking about of, um, embracing the complexity and embracing these emotions that can come up and maybe getting a little more curious about the emotion itself rather than trying to buy something to thwart it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can like reconnect with that idea to be of being human. Um, And like going off of what you just said too, observe what you value that money can't buy. Yeah. And we actually posted um, this question in our community and we had some amazing answers. I want to share some, which is uh, one of the ones I shared. So we, we made a list of things money can't buy within in spirit. And uh, one of the ones that I posted was like the little tap, tap, tap of dog paws on a wood floor. (laughs) And you've, heard that in this podcast because that's what she was just doing. So there you go. Right on brand. (laughs) So, you know, some of the other shares were the feeling you get when you give to others, spreading kindness, um, the sense of pride after doing something that makes you scared and coming out on the other side, Mm. um, laughing around a dinner table, the first sip of coffee in the morning, uh, seeing your food scraps turn into soil. Love that. Um, catching up with friends, like no time has passed. Love that. Moving through yoga practice and having that feeling of clarity and curiosity rekindled. Mm. Um, watching loved ones or honest or anyone, honestly, enjoy food you made for them. That is awesome. Um, unpacking the last box in your new home. (laughs) That feeling all too well. (laughs) 
Yeah, I know. The look of understanding between siblings or very close friends in a funny situation where no words are required. <laughs> um, feeling of getting into your cozy bed on a cold night. There are so many good ones in here. I want to read them all, but obviously, you know. Um, but that was like a fun list of things that like that you value or that make you feel connected and warm that like money can't buy. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a practice for you is to like add to our list with an in spirit or make your own list so that when you're feeling disconnected or a little cold or sad, that's something that you can revisit for like those little sparks of reconnection. So that's a, a nice practice. <clears throat> Um, one thing that comes up around the holidays are all the different dynamics of like family, right? Mm -hmm. And so what a beautiful opportunity to like step back from a place of observation instead of, um, I mean, we're going to be in it. You're, you're with your family, right? But like, so we can like kind of almost take a witness mentality like we do in meditation to observe like, what are these dynamics even instead of like just getting caught up in them? Right. Mm -hmm. um, like, and then you can start to ask questions like, where did these dynamics come from? Like, what were you taught about gifting? What are your expectations or what of it is expected of you during this time? And like, does it all ring true? Do I even want to be a part of all of this? Right. Right. So we can like from this place of witness, this place of observer, start to actually see things a bit more clearly. Mm -hmm. And maybe it all rings true. And that's beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this just on the offensive, like just on the negative. Yeah. It'd be like really appreciating the dynamic of your aunt and uncle and how they always fight and make the funniest thing. Like mm -hmm. all these dynamics they could be great things too, right? It's just like from this place of observation, it might lead to appreciation and it might lead to like, oh, I can change this. I actually don't need to be in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Mm -hmm. And I think that sense of <clears throat> going back to like, you know, your family, sometimes it can be really hard if the dynamic isn't like a strong relationship or maybe there it's a weather relationship or there's some, you know, a broken relationship. I think the way that we have been taught to think is I will share rather, no, rather than saying I will share like a piece of me to mend or get closer or whatever the case is, I will give something as like an olive branch. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, Cause that's the easier thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. If I just go out and grab like a box of chocolates and a card and give that to you, that is my apology. Mm. How many times has that like, you know, narrative been shared? Whereas like maybe just saying to you, Sydney, I am sorry mm. what you need. You don't want a card and a box of chocolates as an unspoken, I'm sorry. You want the words, I'm sorry. But when you don't have that inside of you and it's hard to share that with, you know, maybe that weird aunt or whatever, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, let me just give her something instead of saying that because I'm so uncomfortable in my being mm -hmm. to say the words, how are you? What's new in your life? I'm sorry. Let me just give you this box of chocolates and that's 
that's the unspoken whatever the phrase is that you're avoiding yeah oh wow so maybe the practice is like speak the unspoken because yeah in a lot of ways like i always said well my family never talks about our history i literally mm -hmm. know nothing about like my great great grandma and blah blah blah, blah and like what their life was like mm -hmm. i can ask <laughs> Right. Not sitting around the table talking about cars. Right. I like, hold on a second. I have a question for you. Right. What was like great grandma so and so very social? Like, what was her life like? What mm -hmm. like we can be the one to maybe it's not as maybe it is harder to like mm -hmm. start a conversation, right? Easier to just sit there and listen to them talk about cars. Yeah, right. But like realizing that we can be the ones to change the thing, right? So often we like wait for other people to make a change or we wait for the older one, the more mature one, to like make a change whenever, if it's something in our awareness, something that we're like, this is something I've observed mm -hmm. and doesn't really jive or I want to learn something more about it. Why would we wait for someone else? to do that <laughs> right yeah. yeah like my teacher always says if it's in your awareness it is your responsibility <laughs> yeah you are the chosen not you are the chosen <laughs> you are the one in your lineage that has the capacity to ask the question yeah. that's why it was presented in your awareness so ask the question <laughs> isn't that so interesting it's like we always kind of sit back and wait so yeah mirage the practices speak the unspoken <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Interesting. It's up to, it's only going to be up to us. You know what I mean? Like I always think, especially people that are like trying to figure out their history and, um, you know, Sid and I both come from really big families. So that is like, there's so many voices and so many conversations that sometimes it is easier to just be like, I'll just listen to the car conversation. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah. But ultimately if, if it is something that you want to change or grow into or learn a little bit more about, it's your responsibility. Yeah. So interesting. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So another thing that um, we could explore is how, you know, like the consumer obsession with things. It, I, and again, this is my um, frame of the world. Like I do you think that some of us are moving to be less less materialistic, more experiential, meaning mm -hmm. like focusing on experiences instead of things? Um, maybe that's only in my my worldview, mm -hmm. uh, but that is a way that we can um, like enhance life with experiences instead of purchase a thing that maybe we use twice and then put aside where you're like building memories instead of like clutter. Now I'm sounding really condescending and I'm sorry, but like, so you're learning to like build memories and experiences with the people that you love. Right. Yeah. So that could even be gifting things like tickets, like to a show or to the museum or, you know, going to lunch with someone you love or a trip as a gift for your husband instead of a watch, like what, or both, you know, it's like experiences versus things is another thing to explore too. Yeah. And, and what, what does that build? I mean, because 
going back to the beginning, if if gift giving is the love language that resonates so well and it comes from the heart and it's good intention, then that that is this go- going to give you the same satisfaction as an experience. Mm-hmm. But if this person that you're gifting is just, you know, because it's another thing, I think that's kind of what you were saying, Sid, if it's just another thing to add to the collection or because we ran out of time, take a pause, take a moment and ask yourself, could we do an experience together? Could we go maybe share a moment together? Will that person, will I, don't forget yourself, like, will I value that a little bit more? Because at the end of the day, it's your money, right? Right. You're, if you're okay spending like $500 on a watch and it means nothing, sure. But if it's like, dang, I'm, I have to go out of my way now and spending $500 on this watch. Why don't we spend that $500 on tickets or, you know what I mean? Like an experience that has, yeah, right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that is a little bit more of a reflection of who each of you are. Mm-hmm. And in this day and age, I just, this is a conversation that is going to have to take a pause, but I don't know if we really want to get to know who we are and who other people are. So we just take the easy way out sometimes and just like hand over something. Right. Right. It's like, well, maybe if I really learned the intricacies of who you are, Sid, and what you like, then I can say it it would be a value to our relationship if I got her tickets to the museum instead of something else, you know? Right. And that's the other thing is like, the more, you know, a person, a more genuine gift, that's a thing might present itself. Right. It It feels better for everybody. Yeah. Like I was at an antique store yesterday and I saw something. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like my mom would love this. Like it's used. It's old. It's, but it's like, Oh, that's so cool. Like, she doesn't need another robe from Macy's. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah, if you're going to gift something like, yeah, like if you know oh, someone yeah. deeper, it's usually easier to get them a more authentic gift. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't well, complicate it. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other last point uh, for this conversation that comes to mind, if you're especially if you're a creative individual, um, there is like, that can be like this, like this hunger that can come up that usually we fill with consumption when really the thing to satisfy it is creation. Mm -hmm. So like, there's the whole other conversation of like creating versus consumption. But if you're that type of person, make your gift. (laughs) Right? Like that's, it's, um, likely for a creative much more satisfying than buying something. So that's, you know, we're a little over time, but that was the the last point that like really think about creating versus consumption. Cause so many times we're filling the void with consumption when really we want to be creating and putting things out into the world instead. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being open to this conversation. Please let us know if anything comes up for you. If you want to add to our list of things uh, the money can't buy that make you warm and fuzzy, please join us. Um, Yeah. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye.